Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? I mean, it's pretty amazing. Now that COVID (laughs) is over, we have nothing to worry about. Everything's just wonderful. Well, it's over. The White House says it's over, but also it's right around the bend. It's we're we're turning the corner. We're We're rounding the turn. We're (laughs) rounding the bend. We're turning the round. (laughs) Cornering the turn. Okay. We're cornering the market. Okay. So somehow I somehow um, I think there's going to be more nopes to talk about. Why don't we dive in? This is nope. The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no, my sign is no, my number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, well, we we're back after we took a week break, but I'm still on vacation. I'm still doing a vacation episode here down in Duck, where we've done uh, episodes before, both together and separately. Yes, you're living your best life. It looks beautiful there. And um, I'm still out here on Long Island. And I'm just, the good news is that we've uh, gone a few days without hearing about anyone masturbating on camera. I mean, besides the great news about the pandemic being over. Wait, uh, why are you looking at me like that? No, look, here, I'll stand up. I'm wearing pants. Look, I'm standing up. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong here? (laughs) I I resent the implication. (laughs) I have not and will never. I'm not even going Please. there. <laughs> Keep your pants on. Uh, My pants are on. <laughs> okay. Like, Rachel. Tubin. No, oh, thank God. You. Okay. No. So what's uh, what's going out on out in uh, West Hampton Beach there? Yeah. So have you ever heard of getting booed? Yeah, like at a baseball game or I don't know. Like <laughs> No, <laughs> no, not like when people boo you after giving a speech or booing this podcast or so, whatever. It's like no, a I guess I suburban, <laughs> it's a suburban Halloween tradition that I learned about the hard way. No, I've um, never so heard basically- of it. <laughs> So getting booed means that people in your neighborhood ring your bell and run away, but first they drop a bag of candy on your doorstep and then you open the door and no one's there except this bag of candy and it just says boo on it. And in response, you're supposed to hang up a ghost on your door to acknowledge that you've been, <laughs> you've been booed and then boo them back. But the problem is that How I'm you from know? the city. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. Can, and, we, and, wait. can we review the okay. sequence of events here? So someone rings your door. So this is not like you just ring and you run away or you leave something terrible. You ring and you leave a bag of candy on the doorstep and it says yes. boo on the bag of candy. Or in it, in a, in a little yeah, note, but it some, doesn't say who right. it's from. It's a mystery boo. And then you've been booed. So to indicate that you've been booed, you hang up a ghost. <laughs> to acknowledge <laughs> the booing, you hang up a ghost as if to say the message has been received and I'm going to boo you back. Okay, I have so, a lot of questions. But, the, okay. but we didn't finish, even get to that point yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Like, I've never seen this before, and we're in the middle of Trump country, and the Biden signs are disappearing from lawns, and my first reaction when I saw this, when I heard the doorbell ring and then saw this candy, was that someone was trying to poison me with, like, Novichok nerve agents, <laughs> like those Russian. people <laughs> on the bench in Salisbury, England, and so... <laughs> Like the the father son, the, yes, I know the father talking. daughter duo, yeah. <laughs> Except it was so, you and you and AJ. 
except or me and Coco. And so (laughs) my parents were panicking. I'm panicking. (laughs) And so we we like. Did you call 911? This is like swatting someone. You could like call the SWAT team on them. I know. I know. We like took the glove and like threw out the candy, but then it kept (laughs) happening. And then like I realized what it was and um, my neighbors are not. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. So first of all, if you are the one doing the booing, does that mean that you like as an activity pre-assemble lots of bags of candy label them all boo somehow and then just go trick-or-treat to each like each house in your neighborhood and leave the boo okay now if you were the recipient of the booing and you hang the ghost (laughs) does that mean i have already been booed like if there's many if it's (laughs) many to one if it's many to one like does do you put the ghost up when you the upon the first booing and like what if other people does that say don't boo those people they've already been booed is it like uh, right and how does each ghost correspond with each successive booing you need are to there, have are there are there infinite ghosts do you have to put up a different ghost every time you've been booed there's so many questions is there a manual for this activity <laughs> It's very complicated. I don't know. Um, but I think you're raising some really interesting points and I will investigate and, and update you next Thank week. Thank you. I, I bet AJ can make far more sense of this. He's like, yeah, it's perfectly logical. I bet he totally gets it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he totally I could it. probably ask him right now and he'll be like, no, mommy, you just, you just put the ghost up once. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny you mentioned lawn signs because I'm down here in North Carolina and we come here every year and uh, we were here in 2016, the exact same week, the few days leading up to the disastrous catastrophic election. And uh, you remembered at that time, everyone was saying Hillary was gonna win, maybe not so much in North Carolina, but we all thought it was in the bag. But when we were here, it was like three or four to one Trump to Hillary signs. And this is a pretty upscale neighborhood. And so we thought maybe it would be a little more enlightened, but we were shocked at how lopsided Trump it was. And not just like factory made signs, they were like handmade, like serial killer signs that were like lock her up and all build the wall and all kinds of terrible things. And Doug and I were both like, uh, this doesn't feel right to us. Like we didn't know yeah. about the national, but like, we're like, something's off here. This just doesn't Something, feel- Something, our signals are not accurate. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I was in North Carolina before the election too. And I thought the same thing. Well, I am pleased to report that this year, merely six days before the election, the Biden to Trump ratio is about four to one. Um, That's fabulous. Which is fantastic. Now, on the highway, which is where I think like the Democrat and Republican committees do it, they all have like evenly spaced Trump, Biden, Trump, Biden. But on actual people's like homemade, like on their actual lawn, on their residence, it's all Biden everywhere. Um, and it's Biden and Cunningham and, uh, there's like dump Tillis. It's, there really seems to be a lot of enthusiasm here, which is exciting. That's great. That is, um, yeah. Yeah. On the other, on the other hand, a friend of mine who lives on the Upper East Side actually went to go vote yesterday early because it was the first day of early voting in New York. He said it took him six hours to vote. He got, he got online at one and he didn't vote until seven. Um, I Can hope that snacks. That's <laughs> really he brought, <laughs> he brought goldfish crackers and Cheerios and a little baggie. <laughs> I hope he brought provisions. That is that is really yeah. the question: is what do you do? But anyway, I guess that's a good sign. I don't know, but um, I'll take any good signs I can get. Um, 
anyway, that's my uh, little personal reflections for the week. Shouldn't Great. take six hours. I'm glad people are voting, but that's ridiculous. It yeah. should not take six. Maybe hours. it was the wait because yeah. it was like the first day of the early voting, and everyone thought I'll get a jump on it and go early. And I'm voting. Yeah. On, I'm voting on election day. My polling place is always empty, so maybe I'll get stuck. Maybe I won't. Who knows? Anyway, well, let's I do think some. New York is always. Yeah, let's let's talk. About <laughs> let's no, nope. we can talk forever <laughs> about this nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to what really matters, Rachel. Why don't you kick us off? Yeah. So, um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, and of course, the inevitable has happened, and it's as terrible as we anticipated. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett is now on the Supreme Court mm -hmm. after a 30-day sham confirmation process. And um, I watched the vote and I watched Mitch McConnell's awful, evil speech on Monday night because I am a masochist and a doom spiral, <laughs> doom addict. scroll You're an monster. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, did you see his hands, by the way? Oh, yeah. Really that's the whole thing. Wait, and his face. It's like they're going to fall off. They're like rotting. Like, what is going on? Like, when he says, like, you're going to pry this Supreme Court nomination out of my cold, <laughs> dead hand. Like, it's like literal. Like, his hands are like a rotting corpse. It means, we came, it means we came close. It, like, his hands really had to put up a fight. They won eventually. But, like, <laughs> they won. we took our. They're like our, hanging together by a thread like they're like they're we took our pound like of flesh <laughs> Literally. yeah, yeah okay. we did. Yes. so but I wish beyond him, that <laughs> i wish him all the worst like, with his hands <laughs> yes but the content of what he was saying uh, before the vote was just vile he used this moment as an opportunity to gaslight the democrats and offer a revisionist history of events he was explaining that this was all the democrats fault and it all started with robert bork in 1987 and that's their fault um and then amy coney barrett attends another white house super spreader event maskless and appears on the balcony with trump and was later turned into a campaign ad so yes this is a very impartial judge um, as impartial as any cult member could possibly be. And also because we have this podcast and we report to no one, all my friends who have to deal with uh, the tyranny of HR departments, they sometimes text me their hot takes that are too spicy for the office. <laughs> and so one of these people- Or that they can't, they, can't put on, they can't put on Slack because Slack is technically the property of the company. You can't- Yeah, and yeah. they can't put it on Twitter because they don't want to be associated with it. But me, I, I can tweet whatever I want. So so my friend said, I came up with a great new epithet for Amy Coney Barrett, but I can't tweet it. And I was like, tell me, I'll tweet it. And it's fabulous. Um, it's scunt, S-C-U-N-T, <laughs> like, like Supreme like SCOTUS. <laughs> yes. like SCOTUS, it's an amalgam of SCOTUS and the other word. Cunt. <laughs> So that's, I, I think that says it all, but I had terrible nightmares after seeing all this shit. And I woke up on Tuesday morning and I was thinking about Pope Francis of all oh, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And like, I often, I often wake Pope? up <laughs> dreaming about Pope, Pope Francis. <laughs> He's the object of many of my uh, <laughs> lusts and desires. <laughs> He's got that Among sexy us. South American vibe. 
Yes. And where is he when we need him? And I just was wondering, what does he think about Amy Coney Barrett? I feel like, could he possibly be into her? He must not be into her. Like sexually? Could stand. No, just like as a hu- as a as a Catholic, like anybody who stands shoulder to shoulder with Donald Trump cannot possibly be a good devout Christian, right? Well, Pope Francis like establishes liberal credentials or liberalish credentials this week, right? I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, you know, when he he just like out of nowhere, like apropos of nothing, just <laughs> asserted that he supports same sex civil unions, which I know is not the same thing as supporting same sex marriage, but it's like it's a huge I'll take deal it. coming I'll take from it. the Pope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. And like, I couldn't help but wonder if he was trying to send some kind of a message to Amy Coney Barrett, like, hey, girl, don't roll back. Oh, oh Bergefell versus Hodges. Do you like, do, do you, you have? No, it's like, because it's all about like giving permission, right? Like the Democrats were giving permission to the Republicans to vote for Joe Biden. I think she, uh, Pope Francis is giving permission for America's conservatives, especially those on the Supreme Court to lighten up a little bit. Right, right. And and maybe to vote for Joe Biden. Maybe. Maybe Amy Coney Barrett is going <laughs> to vote for Joe Biden now because of this. <laughs> but yeah. No. And so like I went into this whole loop of thinking about Pope Francis and then I realized like, you know, you're really like fucked and like living in a nightmare when you're looking to the Vatican for support. <laughs> for for your liberal pipe dreams. For your liberal democracy. <laughs> so I don't well, know. Well, <laughs> we, 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 we talked about this very briefly earlier, but like, I think that Pope Francis, if we can manage to increase the size of the court, he would be a fantastic nominee to be the next Supreme Court justice. <laughs> He's, he'd be to the left of Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh. Right, and sure. to the right of Attila the Hun. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Kelly Loeffler. <laughs> exactly. He would be a great Supreme Court justice. He's thoughtful. He really considers his opinions. He's up for changing his mind when the facts and morality merits it. Um, he yeah, is, he's an empathetic person. He is yeah. certainly familiar um, with, he is familiar with originalism since he always calls back to the original text with uh, interesting interpretation. So he should pacify the, uh, the originalists on the court. And um, who knows, he, he could be a real winner. Okay, who knows? Listen, anything, we, as we've seen, anything can happen. So let's, let's keep him and on wait, the list. Do you, have to, do you have to be a U.S. citizen to be on the Supreme Court? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming like, yes, but why can't he just become one? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. We could I fast mean, track that shit. If Merrick Garland can't be on the Supreme Court, Pope Francis can. Why not? It's all new <laughs> <Why rules>. not? <laughs> so I don't know. So nope to all this. But <laughs> we, all I'm going to say is we must prevail on Tuesday night. And that's just the beginning. We have to impeach these three illegitimate justices that Trump appointed, expand the court, institute all sorts of reforms so this can never happen again. This is like the hugest fucking nope of my entire life. Absolutely not. No, nope. I have nothing to add. Other than to say (laughs) that now that COVID has been conquered in the United States, according to the Trump press office, um, there are vectors popping up, new COVID vectors popping up in the most unlikely places. And um, we're doing what we can to keep them under control. Um, So 
this administration, part of the reason that they have conquered COVID is they've been very innovative. They've been at the cutting edge of uh, COVID treatment and you know, they have all these policies, some of them we don't even know about because, you know, we're liberals. We don't we don't really look to the good side of what the Trump administration is doing. In fact, there is a policy um, that um, earmarks two hundred and fifty million dollars in taxpayer money to give early access to a special group of ambassadors so that they get the vaccine before it's available to the public. So giving them, and in exchange, they will publicize this to the public. So that sounds great, right? I mean, sure, you, you give people I mean, okay, okay, now, <laughs> I need now, to hear the rest. <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you who is, getting the, who is getting the preferential treatment and it is Santa Claus performers. Um, <laughs> who among us wouldn't want them? to get the vaccine first. So they are getting preferential yeah. treatment and um, not just Santa Claus because we're equal opportunity. Also those people who perform as Mrs. Claus and all elves. So the whole Claus family and, and domestic staff are all being- Are they gonna all... like make like a campaign ad saying, finally, we could say Christmas again and no yes. more COVID. Well, that's all part of the story. So they dug deeper into how this scheme happened. And it turns out, that is the brainchild of none other than Michael Caputo. Do you remember who that is? Oh yeah, he was that that crazy person who's now like. Um, yeah, he's on medically. He was the the assistant. <laughs> he's the assistant HHS <laughs> who gave that crazy he's, rant I mean, he's on. He's not Fox quite News. in jail yet, but he's in the hospital. So no, yeah. he's not. Uh, Brad, what's his name? <laughs> in Florida. Parscale. Yeah, <laughs> he's okay. not Brad Parscale, but one step away. So. Um, so keep in mind this vaccine that they're promising early does not exist. So once Michael Caputo left, then at some point now uh, HHS Secretary Alex Azar canceled it. But there was outrage at the fact that it was canceled. Who is outraged? None other than Rick Irwin, chair of the, and this is a real thing, the Fraternal Order of Real Bearded Santas. And Rick Irwin okay, yeah. said, that's a thing. You've heard of that thing? Uh, no, I I know that's a thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, excuse I'm me. I'm not going to tell you why, but <laughs> it's just Wait. a reporter thing. <laughs> okay. Um, Rick Irwin said that this is quote extremely disappointing. This was our greatest hope for Christmas 2020, and now it looks like like it won't happen. So the story goes even deeper here. I never thought that this simple joke of the story would actually have a real backstory here. So. It turns out that the Santa initiative was part of a bigger effort um, called COVID-19 Public Health Reopening America Public Service Announcement and Advertising Campaign, whose uh, purpose was to buy ads and PSA get PSAs, whose job is, quote, to defeat despair, inspire, to defeat despair, inspire hope, and achieve national recovery through a bunch of ads. But you can't achieve defeat despair <laughs> and achieve recovery through like upbeat ads <laughs> when a virus is killing a thousand people a day like it doesn't that's so it doesn't simplistic compute. covid 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 <laughs> okay so wall street journal got got a transcript of a call where caputo uh, the hhs guy said to Irwin, the santa guy said if you and your colleagues are not essential workers i don't know what is i cannot wait to tell the president he's gonna love this and then um, 
the Santa guy Santas? They work like one day. <laughs> I mean, to be like an asshole to Santa. They work <laughs> They're one essential day. workers. <laughs> they bring joy to children. So then the Santa okay. guy, Rick Irwin, says, since you would be doing Santa a serious favor, Santa would definitely reciprocate. And then, then uh, Caputo said, I'm in Santa if you're in. So this is like so he's talking quid the, pro quo. Quo. He's talking to the president of the Ukraine. There is there is corruption deep in the heart of Santa Land. Of the here. North Pole. <laughs> this is the shrink. All the way to the top. <laughs> the fish, the the fish rots from the head down, the globe rots from the poles down. This is terrible, oh. right? Basically, yes. they're yeah, oh God. So the Santas are in on the grift. Who would have thought Christmas is ruined for so many different reasons? I have a little postscript here. Since we were talking about North Pole and cold weather climate, in other Arctic, Nordic cold weather COVID news, I don't know how else to transition that. There's other Arctic, there's more? <laughs> yes, there's other Arctic COVID Arctic news. COVID updates. <laughs> Your source for news. There's no. So there are, this is very brief, but um, there are two <laughs> traditional yodeling competitions every September in Switzerland, in Schwitz Canyon, Canton, like the can, like a state, Canton, Schwitz Canton. And um, you're supposed to socially distance and wear masks. But of course, it is very difficult to yodel wearing a mask. <laughs> Although, it could be the ultimate test of strength. Like if you're a good enough yodeler, you should be able to do it through a mask. <laughs> um, so of course, what happens? It was like a like the South Dakota biker rally. Six hundred people yodeled together, and it became a super spreader event. <laughs> Wait, so did they yodel in masks? <laughs> yes. No, they weren't wearing masks. They weren't. Why would you yodel without masks? <laughs> Well, they got what was coming to them. It became a super spreader event. Switzerland, or this canton, now has a 50% infection rate. <laughs> it's the highest in all of you <laughs> activity. <laughs> it's it's such a risky activity. It really like, is. Why and the, would you do that? The case numbers are doubling every day. Yodelers will not they be denied. Resist. Listen. <laughs> Yodelers got a yodel. Like, if you could just hold it in for one year, would it have killed you to like? They can't. They need to get it out. They need to yodel. So when the call comes. That's my, I know it's not Arctic. I know it's Alpine, but that's my Al Arctic Alpine COVID package for the day. That's all I got. Okay, okay no. Um, so now, <laughs> moving from... Arctic COVID to film criticism. <laughs> yeah, we, we have something new this week. <laughs> we totally have new. A nope. Yeah, we we decided to go into film criticism, and we have a nope film and a yup film. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we we'll just tell you what we thought about what we watched this week. You turn to us for your film criticism. <laughs> okay, Rachel, you had the nope, so you go ahead first. So uh, my nope goes to Sofia Coppola, and this makes me very sad because when I first heard that Sofia Coppola had a new movie coming out starring Bill Murray on Apple TV Plus, I was so excited 
that I went ahead and put the release date in my Google calendar. And I thought, what a delight, streaming a Sofia Coppola movie called On the Rocks, starring Bill Murray and Rashida Jones to soothe my nerves in the week before the election. Yes, please sign me up. (laughs) But no, we cannot have nice things. We cannot. (laughs) What was wrong with this movie, pray tell? So I don't know, like, so maybe I'm just really on edge right now, but this movie enraged me. It is like maybe the worst film I've ever seen (laughs) and it never should have been made. And the reviews are so positive. I don't understand what is happening. Like, are we watching the same movie? And then I started thinking about it and I think it's a whole conspiracy. I think critics like Sofia Coppola. So they're being very gentle and pulling their punches. And the thing is that I like her as much as anybody. I love all of her movies. And I once even wrote a piece about her and we met for lunch and she's like so lovely and she's super chic. But I can still say that this film was an abomination. It was- Well, give us just, some details. You know, tell, so, okay. <laughs> okay, I get it. You didn't it's like big, it. <laughs> it's a big wind up. But my point is that I'm, I, feel like I stand alone and the critics are loving it. But okay, so why did I hate it? First, there's the plot. The movie's about a couple, Laura and Dean. And Laura's played by Rashida Jones. She's a writer who's working on a book of unknown subject matter. And Dean is played by Marlon Wayans. And he's some kind of marketing executive slash techie entrepreneur. And he travels a lot. And they have two cute kids and live on Wooster Street in a huge apartment that costs at least, I don't know, $6 million based on my back of the Zillow. Based on your Zillow search. (laughs) Based on my Zillow search. So the movie centers on Laura being suspicious that her husband is cheating on her with one of his employees. So who comes to the rescue? Laura's father, who is this big bon vivant art dealer played by Bill Murray. And he decides to play detective and he and his daughter team up to spy on the husband and investigate whether he's cheating. Okay. So the problems with all this are <laughs> myriad, but Sounds fun. I'm going to address, <laughs> I'm gonna, so yeah, far. it could be like madcap and crazy, but I'm going to address the most basic problem. What woman who thinks that her husband is cheating on her would say, I know who to call my dad. Like, I cannot think of one person who would do that. Some and people have father, those relationships. Yes, but okay. No, <laughs> no. And what father is going to hear this information from his daughter and instead of just like confronting the husband, go out and buy binoculars and drive around <laughs> in an antique Alfa Romeo convertible eating beluga caviar. Literally, this happened in the movie to in try the- to catch his son-in-law in the act. In the car? Was he eating the caviar in the car? Yes. Okay. Yes. He brought it to go for the two of them to eat (laughs) on crackers in the car while they're spying on the husband. So, I I mean, you know, so now, like, the question is, was Dean cheating on Laura? I'm not going to tell you. And it's not because I don't want to spoil the movie. It's because I turned it off with 20 minutes left in it because I didn't give a shit. These characters were so flat and their lives were so privileged and so boring that it didn't matter. Um, And it's just like, get back in your car and drive off into the sunset, eat your caviar, leave your husband, don't leave your husband, I don't give a shit. So um, then there's the costumes. So clearly- (laughs) really didn't like anything about it. 
<laughs> how many, how many of these bullets so do we have? We have the plot, then the costumes, then the dialogue, then the set design, then the special effects, then the Actually, post-production. No, we've got... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to address a few things. Okay. So Rashida Jones, let me just talk about her outfits. Okay. They consisted of like really cool high-waisted jeans and she would pair them with tucked in Paris review t-shirts and she'd wear it with like a strand bookstore tote and a $6,000 Chanel bag. Mm. Like she's so cool. She mixes it up. That's her personality. I but know. other than that, there's no personality. High, low. And the husband would wear these chic, like power suits, which don't fit at all in the whole tech marketing world. And then there's the dialogue. Um, there's this moment where Marlon Wayans, the husband character, is sitting in the back of a cab with Rashida Jones, and they're talking about like some deal that his company's doing. And it's so boring that I started screaming, This is not why we go to the movies. So I have a clip. Babe, what a night. 500,000 new followers, we're killing it. The amount of engagement, the insight, I mean, this is crazy. I mean, between our briefs, our team, the amount of, like, the ROIs, return on investments, crushing it. So great. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, but so your, your reaction, this is not why we go to the movie. We did not go to the movies. You sat on No, I know, sofa. but we, it's not why we stream a movie. It's okay. not why we okay. sit Can at home clear. and... <laughs> Yeah, but and and then I think the worst thing of all about this movie is the lighting. You can barely <laughs> even see anything that's happening. And I was alerted to this point by none other than Michael Barbaro of The Daily, who replied to my tweet saying that I hated the movie. And he agreed. He's the only person who agreed other than <laughs> Lauren Meckling. And um and he mentioned the lighting, which I hadn't even identified as a huge problem until I thought about it. And I was like, yeah, the lighting sucked. On the Rocks makes Game of Thrones look well lit. Oh, okay? my God. And Michael Barbaro, that's a huge celebrity engagement. That's an influence, a nope influence. Oh, my God. Huge, huge, massive. So I, I'll just say for all these reasons and then some do not watch on the rocks. Maybe I'm overly agitated, but this is not the movie for this moment. It's a huge nope. I just saved you two hours and you could thank me by giving this podcast a five star review. And so <laughs> we are very Sophia well. Coppola, we are sorry, very but... <laughs> well lit. Anyone who wants will send you the Zoom video files. It, we are nothing if not well lit. OK, yes, so that was okay, your nope movie. So now... now I'm going to go to my yup movie which maybe will well, not both be both of our yups. Oh, it's both of our yup movie. But of course it is Borat's subsequent movie film. There was a ton of skepticism coming into this. <laughs> Excuse me, what else is there left to say from Borat? It was, you know, innovative and a surprise, whatever it was, 14 years ago. Well, he not only managed, in my mind, to top himself, but I think he may also save our democracy. Uh, you know, I know. This, is, Who, this was like this was the October surprise nobody expected, right? <laughs> nobody <laughs> expected <laughs> Sasha Baron Cohen dressed as Borat to like horn in at the last you know moment and save our democracy. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. So the, the but press, I should have expected it. The breasts gravitated on the Rudy thing where he puts his hand out his pants and gets you know looks like he's being uh, he's seducing uh, what was a fifteen year old girl in the movie, really, which he is, which. Oh, he thinks he. I mean, he, he is because he denies it. But like, of course, like who go? First of all, who goes into a bedroom with a reporter to have a drink? Oh, and then I'm he lays not, on I'm, the bed. I'm, I'm not absolving him of 
perviness, okay. I'm just saying, <laughs> at all, at all. I'm doubling down on the perviness. All I'm saying is I was shocked but not surprised. And that's what the, right. the press focused on. And I think there is a much bigger story here. In fact, several. There is a bigger story to be told. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the bigger Correct. story, they're burying the lead. The bigger story is Maria Bakalova, um, who is the daughter. The star is born. The star is I born. Mean... Forget Lady Gaga. She is, she is the star. She is the, she starts, she's the 15 year old daughter. The actress is 24 from Bulgaria, trained as a theatrical student and is accomplished in Bulgaria for whatever that's worth. Um, <laughs> she's Bulgaria's finest living chanteuse. And um, she starts out as this like feral, feral uh, Kazakh girl living in a cage. And by the end is this glamorous journalist. It is the biggest transformation in moviedom since like Sandy in Greece. Um, much yeah. better, right? It's like the, the ending is, is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so here's That's the, here's the thing. Good... <laughs> but <laughs> even that is superficial because what's incredible about the performance is this is, you know, it's a little, it's a little reality. It's a little faked reality. It's a little stage reality, but you expect that. But there's some things that are obviously really happened. And she, her portrayal is so courageous. She's a, a fair feminist hero for our age. And she like really inhabited this role. And here's a few lessons that she gave us. She got up in front of a convention of like GOP women ladies lunch. And she got up and explained that vaginas don't have teeth and described in detail how to give yourself an orgasm with your hand. Um, and she stayed in character the entire time. Like she was so courageous and she just owned it and like went for it. There was she, no holding back. She went to a debutante ball to demonstrate that it's okay for women to menstruate. Um, in fact, in public and in fact, on the <laughs> dance floor. <laughs> While dancing some, with her father, <laughs> doing a fertility a Kazakh fertility dance with your father. I won't spoil the I scene. To like, oh my god, I had to almost call nine one one during that scene. <laughs> I, I watched the I watched the movie. So I watched the movie twice just to see that scene again. Um, yeah. So, like, she's a feminine. Like, I think she should be. She's not only should win the Oscar. I think she should be on the Supreme Court also. Alongside Pope Francis. Well, if we're going to pack the court, we, we need to diversify. <laughs> so so let's have a Pope. Pope. We have a 24-year-old Bulgarian comedian, <laughs> which is great. We're like the Federalist Society. We're like the we'll no have, Federalist we'll keep, Society. We'll keep adding to the list. We'll, keep... <laughs> we'll provide Biden with a list of nope-approved Supreme Court justice. But this also, this film, Rachel, we didn't talk about this, had a, had a bunch of other firsts. It had the world's first gay couple of QAnon conspiracists. So those two oh guys God, living yeah. in the world. And I didn't even think, I, I'm so Okay, so there dumb. was some time. There's I didn't even two think guys, that they were. Two yeah. guys living okay. together in the woods. They sit there, they finish each other's sentences. They have a kitchen stocked with onions. You know what that means, onions, nothing. I just okay. they, have a, they have a well-stocked kitchen, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they have their fabulous cutlery. So obviously, and, and they're QAnon conspiracists. So uh, there you go. It takes all. But they were nice guys. They were yeah. actually nice guys. They just like were poisoned by misinformation. It was sad. QAnon. So, they're, they're just like us. They're just like us. And then yeah. they also, this movie also taught us the real value of childcare 
workers in America. Oh my so God. This is that uh, woman. Jan- Janice Jones. She was paid $3,600 for her appearance. Uh, but then her pastor initiated a GoFundMe and raised $50,000 to compensate her for the role in the in the movie. And just without giving too much away, she's the one that took care of uh, the little girl and basically- Tutar. Tutar. Tutar is her name, and the character's name, and convinced her that she didn't have to live by the everything her father said, that she could be her own woman. She didn't have to get big titty implants, which she was on her way to do. And uh, here's a a characterization. They said, uh, uh, Janice, who played this babysitter, said that she spent weeks afterwards worried about Tutar and is now relieved that she was not really in danger now that she knows it was a film. Um, What would you do now? And Janice says, I would give her a hug. I'm glad to know she's not really in that situation. I hate to hear of anyone in that situation. Him, I don't know. It wasn't real. So I would shake his hand and say, you got me. So she's got a good sense of humor too. I I mean, first of all, that says so much. It says what a great actress Maria Bakalova was that like this woman, Janice Jones, who was like paid to be a babysitter of this girl, didn't even know that she was an actress. And it also speaks to the compassion of Janice Jones, who was really the heart and soul of this movie. And I really think that the filmmaker should give her more money than $3,600 because she really like added all of the the empathy the and heart, the dope. The she was the yeah. she was like the viewer. She was the reality, you know. Like she didn't believe any of the bullshit. So, um, Janice, so, we, we're big yep, fans. Yeah. Yep. Yep. To the movie, but especially to Maria and Janice, and um, great. I, I imagine great things to come from both of them. <laughs> Does Janice get a get a spot oh, yeah, she on, gets our, on, on, our on the list? Yes, she gets to be on the Supreme Court also. We're packing the so court. We have two, we're packing the court with two actresses from Borat 2 and the Pope. What could possibly go wrong? They're going to sail through the confirmation. No stone unturned. These are the finest candidates in America or not in America. Finest candidates anywhere. Anywhere in the world. Okay. If you wait, actually, if you if you all have other Supreme Court nomination suggestions for consideration on the Nope Federalist Society list, please tweet them at us at Rachel D at Brian Hag. Them, and we'll yes. we'll happy to consider them or at least uh, shoot them down. Um, so this was a weird format. Normally we do our Nopes and then we go to our Yups, which are a little raise the light, a little beacons of hope. But we squeeze one in before that introduction. So I think our podcast is uh, about to wrap up now. I, think it's, over. I, I think, think it's I over. I think I yield back my time. <laughs> to democracy, please. Okay, so can we do our little plea? Okay. I guess it's uh, on falling on. If you're listening to this, you're probably going to vote or have voted, but vote like your life depends on it. It may. Uh, our country's life depends on it. It does. Uh, wear your mask. Your life depends on it. And so does everybody else's. Rachel, any other earnest Give please? what you can. Donate what you can to candidates that you support and phone bank and, and just do everything you can. Because if um, the Democrats don't win both the presidency and the Senate, we're basically fucked forever. And on that note, by this time next week, we <laughs> probably won't know who the president is going to be. So, uh, or maybe for many weeks, not after. But better, or maybe, I mean, or maybe there'll be such a wave that it'll be incontrovertible and we'll be able to have. Let's just pray for an incontrovertible landslide because that, that is what we need. 
Let's How about just, that? How about this? Uh, you feel free to shoot this down. Is that if there is an uncontrovertible, decisive blue wave by next week, we will do only yups next week. Oh, okay. I like that idea. I love okay. that idea. Okay. Yes. This is our, our solemn vow. Okay. It has <laughs> been hopefully one last terrible week, uh, but it's still been fun to make this podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. Wanna be my new friend, we got a lot in common.